Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it might be when you're listening to us, folks. This is Joe Samantha of Elections Daily, bringing you another candidate interview within our Virginia 2021 series. And I am very excited to say, for the first time ever, we have an incumbent delegate with us. With me today is the delegate from the 63rd District in the House of Delegates, Lashrice Aird. Uh, delegate Aird, thank you very much for coming on with me today. Yeah, Joe, thanks a lot for having me on as well. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So the first question I want to ask you is that what made you originally decide to run for delegate? down to just a few uh, comments, but I'll do the best I can. Um, the short version is uh, I am the daughter of a mother who gave birth to me at 16 and a father who was a naval torpedo man, but all around just young parents. And as you can imagine, with uh, any set of young uh, parents, there are innate hardships that, that were unavoidable. And so I experienced a great deal of hardship early on. And I've carried that with me for the most part of my life. And now, um, as an adult, I want to use that hardship and channel it into advocacy, taking my experiences and turning them into policies that will help others not have to live through the same types of hardships that I did. Okay, so you've been a delegate since 2016, and I, uh, you, so that means you've been there in the House of Delegates for three terms now, two in the majority, one in the majority. Uh, I want to know, what's your big goal as you go for a fourth term now in the House of Delegates? That's right. You know, the, my, my theme, um, as we hopefully maintain our majority, is that there's still significant unfinished business. We have laid a really strong foundation in the last uh, two years, uh, but we have barely begun to scratch the surface of the needs that still exist for so many. And for me, particularly for my district, that includes uh, crumbling schools. Uh, all throughout my district, there is a need for um, infrastructure, renovations, um, especially as we have survived this pandemic. And many of my schools, they are crumbling. Students cannot learn in an environment that is unwelcoming uh, and is not um, really, in some instances, uh, been updated since the early 1900s. And so for me, one of those includes putting the investment that we need both into our schools on the infrastructure side, but also then on the resource side. I think one of the greatest challenges we have in the generation ahead is correcting the harm that has been done to so many of our young people as a result of this pandemic and being out of the classroom and trying to just make it through uh, virtual learning. And the same is true for our teachers. Okay. And uh, another legislative question I want to ask you about, uh, it seems like as we kind of get into this 2021 cycle and a lot of people are saying that if Democrats are able to hold not only the governor's and the lieutenant governor's office, but also, like you mentioned, their majority in the House of Delegates, it feels like the issue of right to work is expected to come up next legislative session. I kind of want to know what's your position on that issue. Yeah, thank you so much. I think it's unavoidable that we do not take a uh, stance on right to work uh, if we maintain the majority. You know, I was one of a few delegates during this past, this immediate past session that voted for legislation um, that made it to the floor and came up for a vote. Um, and I continue to hold that position moving forward. This is critically important for our families uh, and for workers. Okay. And I, now I want to kind of get into this depths of an election question here. When you were first elected to this seat, it was a safely democratic seat, but it was part of this redrawing process in early 2019. And with that redraw, it's actually one of the few seats 
that when you look at the numbers from 2016 to 2020, that swung rightwards. It went from a Clinton plus 14 district to a Biden plus about 11 district. I want to know how kind of your shift has been in what was representing a safe seat to one that is seemingly becoming more competitive. That's exactly right. So, you know, um, as you referenced, you know, the lines of 2019 were redrawn because of uh, racial gerrymandering. They were ordered by the courts to uh, unpack the blocks that were placed into a handful of these districts. And I have genuinely felt the difference of uh, the dynamic of that change. And so on the ground, I can easily say that in 2016, when I first ran, even though this was a safe seat, I mean, truly, I had diverse support regardless of party um, and ideological differences. And fast forward to a 2021, that just doesn't exist. Uh, this district is urban, rural, and suburban. And so as you can imagine, that comes with a, a number of diverse sets of issues. Uh, and it's a fine balance to walk. But, you know, the one thing that has been... Uh, our saving grace that we are continuing to push into this cycle, and I think it's probably true probably all around the state and all of these competitive districts, is that Democrats like myself have been there for so many in their greatest time of need during such an unprecedented time in our Commonwealth and for the types of constituent services and reliefs and protections uh, that were required for our businesses and families as a result of COVID. We've been there uh, while continuing to bring about change, and we're going to continue to do that work. Okay. Uh, an, an issue that you bring up on your uh, re-election website is the issue of energy. And uh, it seems like this is another issue that's kind of become a hot topic, especially with the issue of uh, Dominion Energy and their multiple donations to candidates uh, across the spectrum in Virginia. But I do kind of want to know, what's kind of your plan to take Virginia's energy grade kind of into the 21st century and, you know, what, what you want to see happen in that area? Yeah, I mean, I started this conversation uh, two years ago when I had uh, a bill that would establish the uh, Clean Energy Advisory uh, Board, which is very active and uh, making a great deal of recommendations to move us forward today. Uh, we had that legislation prior to the Virginia uh, Clean Economy Act, and now the two are working um, in tandem together. And I mean, the simple fact of the matter is we have to continue to put access to a uh, diverse set of options into the hands of everyday people. You know, I represent a district where there is a significant portion, uh, a burden rather, I should say, uh, energy burden uh, on so many families who already can't afford just the bare and basic essentials. And so we have set out in a a moderate set of goals in the Virginia Clean Economy Act. We will be able to see the baseline here of where those goals um, are headed, whether we're on target, and we have to continue to closely monitor those goals. And if we are not uh, proceeding at a rate of achieving them, we need to be ready to quickly uh, adapt and make additional changes. But uh, again, for me, um, solar is very important, um, but not just solar, a diverse set of options um, and making it accessible to everyone. Okay, and you speak, spoke about legislation. Uh, this past legislative sessions, one of the bills that you were chief patron of, and just for our listeners, uh, chief patron is how they describe the, the chief sponsor uh, in Virginia, that passed was a bill that stopped colleges and universities, except for law schools and the Virginia Military Institute, to ask questions about or deny admissions based on a person's past criminal record. Can you explain how the idea for this bill came about? Yeah, Joe, you won't believe, but here in the Commonwealth, our public institutions ask questions about criminal history, but in 
that category of criminal history, it can range from offenses as small as parking and uh, traffic infractions all the way up to uh, serious um, charges and or incidents of the past. There was no consistency, and all of that was being taken into consideration um, as part of your admissions application. I heard the story of a young woman who failed to check that box relative to her criminal history on a college application, straight-A student at an institution, performing very well academically, but when it was discovered that she had not checked that box and that she had a criminal history, she was asked to leave. The simple fact of the matter is that the data shows that more and more people do not complete an admissions application if they have to check that box out of pure fear. That is not something we should be continuing to do in the Commonwealth, especially as we're trying to make uh, especially higher education affordable and accessible to all people. So ultimately, this doesn't make uh, college campuses less safe. It doesn't have any negative impact on our institutions. In fact, it just makes... um, so many more people feel comfortable when going through the admissions process for our public institutions. Okay. And uh, obviously, we're going to shift gears here again. Uh, Democrats in Virginia just went through what some would call a contentious, others would call maybe slightly boring uh, for what pastimes uh, here, uh, primary period, uh, you know, depending on which race you were looking at. It depends on which race you were looking at here in that primary period, but uh, Democrats now have their statewide ticket. Uh, Terry McAuliffe and Mark Herring are back uh, running for governor and uh, attorney general, Uh, but Democrats also have nominated uh, Hala Ayala for lieutenant governor, uh, who would be one of the first women elected to that office uh, if, you know, she were to win her general election. But I want to know, again, you're kind of in this competitive seat. You have a decent proportion of African-Americans in your district. I want to know what you're trying to do to turn out those voters uh, to help your ticket, to help the Democratic ticket uh, win statewide. Absolutely. I mean, it is going to be all hands on deck for my race, but also to help support our Democratic ticket. You know, we already have... um, fields, uh, organizers on the ground, volunteers on the ground, preparing to uh, do persuasion on the doors, uh, phone banking on the doors, and ultimately, we're just getting warmed up. Um, I will be on doors personally myself. We will be doing voter registration, trying to get early voting individuals information about how they can continue to vote early. I mean, we are going to take every method that we can. So that's the grass on the ground, grassroots on the ground, but we're also going to be pushing digital, pushing mail. I mean, you name it, we're going to be doing it to drive up turnout. Okay. And, and to speaking of voting, uh, and especially mail-in voting, uh, in the aftermath of the COVID pandemic, you've, you've started to see a couple of states take the Oregon pathway, as I like to call it, of going to just all in total mail-in voting. Uh, I would want to, you know, and that's kind of become an issue that's become controversial in other states as well, but I kind of want to know what you think about mail-in voting, what do you think about early voting, and how you think Virginia can get better at it, and how you think, what you think Virginia should do uh, with that pathway in regards to voting and mail-in voting uh, in the future. I mean, Joe, I think we've made tremendous progress here in the Commonwealth relative to making voting more accessible. I mean, legislation that we could have never dreamed of passing when I was first elected, voting on Sundays, uh, dropping your you know ballots in drop boxes, uh, no excuse absentee voting. I mean, I think we have done 
so many amazing things, but relative to voting by mail specifically, I think it's all a communications uh, uh, effort that needs to uh, be increased and continue to occur. Once people get into the culture and the habit of continuing to have this option, uh, I think it will become second nature for people to choose the option of voting early and by mail. Uh, I think voting by mail is absolutely um integral to the process, especially as we're living in a new environment where something like a pandemic can occur. Um, And I think that more people, um, again, as they are reminded that this is an option and we increase our communications to them, uh, will choose to vote early and by mail. Okay. And I have one final question for you today, Dan Delegate. Uh, If Democrats retain the House of Delegates and their statewide trifecta, I do kind of want to know what's the first issue that you personally would try and take action on uh, with this new body of government coming in. no (laughs) pressure. The first issue I would try and take action on. You know, Joe, if I'm honest, as a member of the Appropriations Committee, I don't know that it would be a single issue. Again, I have to go back to uh, funding. It's going to be the money. We're going to have an unprecedented surplus like we have not had uh, in past years. And that's a huge surprise, especially coming out of the pandemic. And I'm going to be knee deep in the uh, resources we're going to be funding. And again, it's going to be schools. For me, I think uh, if you look at the uh, past two years, the two biggest piece of legislation that I have uh, championed has been uh, fully funding our standards of quality, which speak directly to our schools. I strongly believe that if we do not make the investments that we've been kicking down the road for over a decade, that we're going to lose a generation of young people. So for me, that is issue number I'm going to be fighting. And I think it is probably the most critical thing we can do is put our money where our mouths are. All right. Well, uh, once again, folks, uh, this has been, you've been listening to Elections Daily in our Virginia 2021 uh, interview series. I want to very much thank the delegate from the 63rd District, uh, Latrice Aird, for once again coming on with me. She is the Democrat, the incumbent Democrat, running for re-election in the 63rd District. Uh, Delegate Aird, once again, thank you so much for coming on with me, and I want to wish you good luck in your re-election bid. Thank you so much, Joe.